0: How are we? Welcome to the chat. Um, this is our this, this is our main voyage, the Cricket Tragics podcast, episode one. Uh, you can consider this our pilot episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the brains trust with us tonight. Uh, we got Mister Alex Cameron, Jeffrey Fredo Fredrickson, and Beth Verma with us we're going to do um we're going to talk about a lot of fun things tonight um got a bit of a bit of a roundtable it's gonna hope be a lot of opinions and hopefully a bit of humor and a bit of fun uh we're, we're going to cover a fair bit of stuff pretty exciting time in in the world of cricket we've just had the, the world Test Championship final has just finished up and the ashes are about to start so I guess at least from an Australian perspective it's it's all happening and so it's probably a right. Probably a, a pretty cool time to do something like this and, um, and and dig into all the fun stuff. Yeah, so like, well, Wells Test Championship final has just finished. Australia won by a couple of hundred runs, which is a bit of a surprise. Convi- convincing win to Australia against amazing opposition. You know, India are a stacked team. You know, maybe we can we can just. Everyone just throw up something that they their their key point of interest maybe out of out of the World Test Championship
1: final. Do you guys reckon the best team won?
0: Yeah, well, on the
2: day up. they did for sure. The way that they played, I think that the, the Australians definitely, especially bowling. I think the Australian bowling attack was just well, oh, if you get rid of Stark, but the Australian bowling attack was pretty <laughs> bloody awesome. Like, I mean, it's pretty hard for India, who's coming off playing off dust bowls, to go play on a English wicket and expect to be like competitive, really.
1: So, yeah. what do you think that uh, that Australia's bowling lineup did better than India's?
2: Oh, shit, got bowling for start. Um, yeah. The parts that I did see when I wasn't falling asleep late at night and I was able to actually <laughs> stay up, the bowling attack from Lion, from Lion, uh, well, Lion bowled bloody amazing. Then you got Boland, who's just on point. Like, every almost every ball that you bowled was just on a fucking like handkerchief. Cummins was bowling all right. He was bowling a bit better, I think, in the second second innings compared to the first.
1: A couple of no balls there, Fredo.
2: He was, was a couple there, of dude? no balls, which ticked yeah. me off in that. Yeah. Was that the first innings he did that or the second?
1: Yeah, it was, it was first.
0: Australia's first. First, first. innings.
2: <laughs> I think the thing that made it even worse was where well, he got a wicket yeah. on a fucking no ball.
3: What do you reckon, Bev? No, I think I agree with everyone, especially Fredo. Uh, Boland with the discipline and the line and length. I think what made the difference uh, and where Australia won the game was those daddy hundreds by Head and Smith. I think, you know, when you're when you're when you're in, you gotta kick on and that's what they did. So they had that one big partnership. I think that's what separates a good game from a great game. And uh, you know, uh, it was just a test match mentality from those two boys, especially Smith, uh Steve Smith. Uh so I think I think they complemented each other pretty well, that partnership that they had. Uh and then even Smith in the second innings got a few runs as well. So um Think Look, no. I think if you, yeah, I think if you're playing in the final, you have to get more than 300 runs. Not to forget Alex Carey as well. I think yeah, that's a fair good to contribution, yeah.
2: He, yeah, he scored two really really good totals there. Like I think what the yeah. first innings was, what did he hit like 48, and then the second innings was like what 60 60 something. So yeah, those not especially out, yeah. in the middle order. Like you put you put that that sort of total on in the middle order and just sort of anchor it a bit it makes a massive difference.
0: I remember being quite nervous when Australia was setting that 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 total for India to chase in the fourth mm. innings. Statistically, you know, virtually no one in the history of cricket, I although mean, maybe it's been done one or two times, no one's really chased more than 400 in, in the fourth innings. Um, but still, with India, you know, you got Shubman Gill, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, like mm. these guys. These guys are the same. It's mind-blowing how good the batting is in India. Oh, and yeah. So, like, it just wouldn't yeah. put it past them. And, like, the other big thing for me, I guess, that came out of the test was, was the deck. In England, right, so – and and I think India, like, kind of missed a trick here because they didn't pick Ashwin and, and Nathan Lyon took five wickets for the game. So, like, this, mm. this was a point of difference too and it was about just reading the deck that they had. And I actually thought that was going to be my big takeaway from the World Test Championship Final was the pitch that they played on because not only was Scott Boland able to, to like – so he he took wickets like like Pajara, right? Yeah. And Shubham and Gill, he bowled both of them. Was that? And and they were just leaving the ball. Yeah, they're leaving the ball. It yeah. nipped back yeah. in a mile. Exactly. So like, that tells you straight away that this deck had something on offer for the pace bowlers, right? But still, in the first innings, Australia hit 400 plus. And then there was talk of, through the middle of the test, there was talk of uneven bounce coming on. And it, it, mm. But it, it wasn't a huge issue. India were able to fight back and batters, for instance, Kerry, like we talked about in in the second innings, was still able to get 66 not out on a, on like a day four pitch. Mm. And so like it was still something in it for the batters towards the end. And then uh, some, there was something in it for the spinners. Nathan Lyon took five wickets. So as an Aussie fan, it's so great to see Australian Indy go head-to-head in a neutral location mm. on a deck that has something in it for everyone and so like the, <laughs> that opportunity wasn't there for for anyone to complain like oh this deck yeah. didn't suit whatever it is that i do because we had someone from all the skill sets from both teams able to be in the game in some way
1: there was an interesting stat sort of floating around that this particular test was the second highest in terms of variable bounce uh, in the last right. since right. 2006, mm. and so the point is that you know that the ball bouncing in the same spot is 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 bouncing to different heights, and the some of the analysis that flowed from that was that um, Australia just has taller bowlers, and so they're able to make much more out of a wicket like that because you know if it if a pitch does have variable bounce, it's the tall paces that are actually going to get something out of it, um, and so India just didn't have. Those, you know, people like Cameron Green or, you know, even Scott Boland's, like he's quite a tall guy. Um, you mentioned an interesting thing there. Like, what do you think about them not picking um, Ashwin? Uh, surprising, to be honest, because um,
3: especially looking at how Australia has so many left-handers in the top order, I think it would have been a psychological uh, mind game just having him in the team bowling to Travis Head. And I can already picture in my head how that could have been th- that could have gone as well. And not yeah. to mention, he, he's an all rounder as well. So um, I can see mm-hmm. why India picked uh, to, um, I, I believe, you, Yadav over Ashwin. I can see why. But mm-hmm. in mindset, I think uh, they could have picked Ashwin as well. Having said that, I don't think it would have made much of a difference given how the fast bowlers leaked runs uh, in the yeah. first inning. Because once I think it was really got 469. It was it was really hard for them to come back. Uh, I don't think Ashwin would have done much in, in the first two days anyway, like, other than his variations, subtle variations. He could have tried with Kuaja.
0: So. Yeah. I just reckon that they they may have just just rolled the dice on what they thought the deck was going to be. And they thought, oh well, we're gonna play with Takur and, and Umesh because like it's gonna be a green seamer. Like and that's like you can't really blame them for that in a way. Like that's what you expect out of English conditions.
1: Sonia um Gavaska had an interesting point. He's like, Ashwin is the number one ranked Test bowler in the world. He says you don't look at the pitch when you're picking the number one Test bowler in the world. You just pick him yeah. regardless. Well,
0: I guess in an Australian you- team, right, Nathan Lyon's always picked, and
1: uh, and part of it is because of his, because he's one of the more experienced players. So Nathan Lyon is a bit of a different spinner to Ashwin that, and that wicket is probably better for him than it would be for Ashwin because Nathan Lyon, the seam is much more pointing towards the batsman so he gets a lot of bounce, whereas Ashwin and a lot of like people, uh, sort of subcontinent bowlers, they don't really rely so much on uh, on bounce but much more on just getting the ball to to hit the wicket and, and rip. And like Bab, I think Bab said, it's like this the intimidation factor. You've
0: got Robbie Ashwin down there, everyone's just like, the level of trepidation in the batting lineup goes up just by seeing <laughs> his name on the list. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, cricket's a, then, a, it's but, a psychological game. So yeah.
3: But then but then you look at Rohit, right? You look at on the other side as well. why he could have picked four pacers. Um I mean they won the toss. They went into bowl. If you remember the conditions, it was green overcast conditions on day one. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. they went would have went into the mindset oh we, you know, we already sure. beat in Australia multiple times. Maybe just get them out on 200. Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, and that's going to be our job done. And then we just need two of our top five players to get some runs. And then we ahead of the ball game and, and might not even go to day four, or day five. Maybe, it can. you know, no one expected the pitch to get flatter.
0: You know, on balance, the Aussies probably had a few more batters spend a little bit more time in England in the lead up than what India did. And as you say, as a scheduling thing with the IPL and all that sort of thing. Although I reckon like Jinx Rahane was one of the best players for India during the test championship final and he has really? had it. Yeah, I mean scored, didn't he? Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he got eighty nine sort of in the wilderness a little bit, but then he had this amazing IPL season. And then and then all of a sudden India it seems like, you know, I'm not following India anywhere near as closely as I am the Aussie team. But it's like they rushed him back in because he had he had the hot hand. Um and it was a good choice from them. He was competitive.
2: I think that if you're going to win a test match, you need at least two players to get a hundred. Mm. To be competitive, yeah. like you, you look, there's not one Indian player that got hundred in that any of those innings. Rahane got got eighty nine, and the next one in that first innings, it was like Shadell, Thakur. He hit fifty one. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. like that was the next top score. And then in the second innings, I don't think any of them got over fifty. There was a, like there's 40s so yeah. you, you can't expect to be winning a Test match when you Haven't got your batsmen scoring those runs, like, yeah,
0: you're right. And I reckon if they had just someone make get uh, you know a large hundred at some stage mm -hmm. during the game, when it came to them to chasing in the fourth innings, they would have had five sessions, you know, they they might have been only chasing 300 or Mm. well, it just changed
2: the whole dynamic of the game. Like, you get one blade to hit 100, it it lifts the rest of your team dramatically.
0: But if
3: if you look, if you look at the starts over the last few years for Indian top five, it's not been done good. So I mean if you look at the starts of the scorecard of this game for India everyone got starts everyone's been mm. getting starts but no one's kicked on not just in this game but since 2021 so I think it's been their mid, the, the middle and lower order that's been getting runs right in, yeah they got, got a
2: lot of depth you know, in their in their side really wasn't eh? like,
1: wasn't it like uh, in the recent series in India that Axar Patel was maybe if not the top run scorer for India he was like the second top run scorer for India um and he was batting at number eight, right? The next one, the catch. Uh, out or not out? I'm referring <laughs> yeah. to, of course, <laughs> Cameron Green. Yeah. That was out. Yeah, if yeah some- Fredo's on
0: in the out. I'm in the not the, out. Yeah. The
2: guy's got mitts. He's six foot seven. He's got hands like bloody a catcher's mitt. The guy, you can't tell me that if a ball goes in three fingers in his hand, that he has not got control of that. 200 200 mil off the ground like granted yes he did catch the ball and when he went down to the ground the ball is touching the ground but the thing is the ball has seated in his fingers a good if it if it if it hit his hand like that far off the ground i'd be like yeah no that's that's a bit iffy but he's caught that ball it's hit his hand his mitt like a great big hand yeah a good 150 200 mil off the ground like and the guy catches, he is a phenomenal catcher. Like, you can't mm, tell me that really like he oh, has 100%. not got control over that. You, you look at a spinner, Alex, you hang onto the ball with almost three fingers when you're bowling. You've got control over that ball until you let it go. Mm. Cam, Cam Green has caught that ball with three fingers <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> pretty com- comfortably, and he's gone down and picked the thing up straight like straight away. He's gone, I've got that. has not moved from his fingers. It's not like he juggled mm. it as he's come up. If he didn't have control of that ball, it would have bounced straight out of his hands.
1: Yep. All right. So Fredo's an emphatic yes. What about you, Bev? Yeah. What do you reckon, that?
3: I I put it in the WhatsApp group chat with in, in, with the boys You know, when 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 I was watching mm-hmm. it live, and I'm gonna stick with that. I think it was out. Uh, You're going with that? I'm I have to because like like Fredo said, the fingers were underneath, and I think the rule suggests if, if you have it underneath, and even the grass is touching, that's where I think the line comes in. But Based on the current ruling, I think
1: that looked after me. I haven't actually looked at it that much, but um, I think. Ooh, more like offensive. Point- <laughs> no, no, not offensive. I think, <laughs> but I think the, the the bigger question is that people seem to be angry with Cameron Green. I and I, yeah. I have no doubt that I have no no doubt that he thought he caught it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a line ball call.
0: I mean, yeah, and and as. Like, I think, as you know, a lot of commentators have said, it comes, it's coming down to control. Because I think, like, you can take, like, let's say you take a catch and you fall over on your backside. And then in the process of getting back to your feet, you push your hands on the ground and push the ball on the ground. I mean, that's obviously out. Right. And, yeah. and it's, and it's still out because you had control of the ball before the ball touched the ground. Right. So, like, yeah. and, and so in this case, I think, yeah, it's just, it's just a question of did he have control of it? Um, and then was the ball touching the ground more just an action of him supporting himself as he was falling over? Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's a line ball call. And the the trouble with these things is that like with the modern technology, right? Like they, it's in place yeah. to in an attempt to remove doubt. It doesn't always, and that what they do is they slow it down so much, and you'll get a still shot of the ball touching the ground through his fingers, which makes it look worse than it is. Mm. But if you watch it at yeah. real speed. Like it was all one fluid motion, right? Like yeah. he has dived to his left, the ball hits hit his hand, his hand escaped the ground, and he scooped it up and thrown it in the air. Like all just in in an instant. And so, mm. like mm. I could definitely see that on the side where it's like actually, if you watch it at normal pace, he probably does have more control than what it looks like. Mm. If it's slow if it's slowed down. So yeah, line, line ball call for me. I, I just get like. I think I have this thing where like anytime when I see the ball touching the ground, I'm like, Oh, damn it. I just, I just prefer to see hand full hand underneath balls. That's, that that's touch a batting the ground,
2: perspective. You know? That is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's well, bad yeah. I'm going
0: to give myself away here as a batter. Exactly. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, and like if I if I've just if I've creamed one to backward point or to the gully like that, yeah. and you know feelers are like scraping the hands all over the ground, I'm like I'm not going to like it.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> um. All right. So um, we've got two more questions about the WC, uh, WTC final. Let's do it real quick. Uh, maybe ten seconds each. Uh, both Australia and India were fined for slow over rates. Do you reckon that was justified? How do you, do you I, care about slow over, yeah, over rates?
0: Uh, I, yeah, I love it. I hate slow over rates. My thought about long-term solution to slow over rates is that captains should get suspensions, right? Like, so if if you have a lot slow over rate, your captain is suspended for the next match. And because at the elite level, that's going to be real effective. Because could you imagine, right, mm. in Australia, Pat Cummins is suspended for the next match. And then yep. the next bowlers we've got, we've got, we've got Boland, Hazelwood, and <laughs> Nisa sitting in the background, and Cummins—he's there. Will never be a slow over rate in a Pat Cummins team ever again if he—he yeah. he thinks he's going to have to sit out the next fucking That it's threatening their livelihood. They may be oath. kicked again. So I think I think suspensions for the captains is the solution to slow over rates. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Well, actually, then I'll put the the final question to Bav, um, are you uh, familiar with, um, or have you heard about? Um Sean McGill being fined for his um, was it Twitter post?
3: Yeah, that's that's a fair. I think that, that's a fair penalty. I think he shouldn't
1: have posted that, tweeted that out in public. Uh, I think was it Josh? You sent this to me or to the group that you said that it's a it's a, a matter of free speech and you should be able to say what he wants. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a free speech absolutist, right? Like that's just that's just me personally. Like, but but yeah. like I had to think about it afterwards, and I was like, well, what if my employer? What if I had a bad day at work and then I just jumped on like Facebook or something at the end of the day and started started saying, oh, my boss is a dickhead or whatever. then, of course, my my boss is going to take issue with me. So, like, so if you look at it from, like, for me, it's a little bit like, well, when Shubham McGill is away from the game and he's just, Puts his citizen hat back on, like he should be able to like express himself freely. Right? Just don't
2: so
1: like put a, it online.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's
1: like two two parts.
2: Don't put it online.
1: It's yeah. Yeah, he's probably it's probably got like Cameron Green's phone number. You can really just message yeah. him. You know, bloody cheap, you bloody know. cheat. Yeah, bloody oath.
0: So, like, sim- similar sort of thing, right? Like, we've got, you know, Alex and I, a f- few topics that we thought we cover, but but maybe we can do a similar thing to what we did with World Test Championship final, go around each guy and say, hey, what what was the big thing? What what is the big thing that you're most looking forward to in the upcoming Ashes? Do, do you want to kick it off, Rado? One of your topics
2: things here is about baseball. It'd be interesting to see how how England's going to go with. The whole Baswell things like hitting fast runs, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of it. But they didn't do too good against Boland last time they
1: faced him. No, <laughs> so to be it, fair, it was before um, Baz, uh took Frederick over. Column.
2: The thing is, if Boland and Hazelwood are in the team and Cummins is on point, I don't care how good you're going to try and hit fast runs, it's going to come unstuck for you. T20 gameplay is not suited for test gameplay. It's just not going to work for you. Right. You're
1: a, a baseball detractor. Yeah. <laughs>
0: which
2: not is, in a which test is interesting format. because
1: I think you'd fit into that sort of that team yeah, but, pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but not
2: in a test format. It's all good for a bit of shock and awe, and it's all right for ha- having one or two players do that. Like look at Travis Head. He's always mm. been like that. He's always like a, a pretty much run a ball right. sort of player where yeah. you get Labashain and and Smith. They're very strategic and they sort of bat the ball around. They could be out there for fucking 300 balls and score, mm. like, 100 runs. Or Uzi's the same thing. He's, he can be out there for 300 balls and hit, like, 100
1: runs. I'm just trying to think about when basketball began and, like, what – I think that when it sort of – I came Terry, to, You go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, no. I mean, I, I know the obvious it's when Brendan McCollum came, but I'm just trying to think about the test matches they've played or the test series they've played yes. since he took over. Obviously, Pakistan. But we went to Pakistan, and the tracks were – the flattest tracks you've – you know, the – that I've seen over the past 10 years. I mean, obviously, I didn't see them. I saw them through the TV. But, you know, Australia and Pakistan played out three matches where getting 400 runs plus an in innings was the norm. And there were two draws, and then Australia won the won the last one. England went there, and I think they won 3-0. But they just teed off. Harry Brook, just, you know, the, the pitch was flat, so he just kept coming down the wicket and smashing it to all parts of the ground. It worked there. It worked with New Zealand. It worked against New Zealand in
0: New Zealand too.
2: In New Zealand, mm. yeah.
0: yeah, and that's that's yeah. probably it is an interesting point because the New Zealand conditions in their decks are probably a bit more like England. So you know, I guess that, it, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating ashes because you know the Aussie bowling attack is a good one. It will depend on what sort of decks they have, um, and you know that question is you know will Basball work in England against a good bowling attack? It worked against Ireland. Yeah, they accounted yeah. for Ireland fairly easily. Yeah, I had a bit of a laugh because I was like, oh, so what is England doing with the scheduling here? They're just trying to like, they've scheduled an easy warm-up game to build the boys' confidence a little bit. But I think of the the two teams, Australia's got the much better preparation. I mean, we just played an elite opposition at the Oval. yeah, our bowlers have like overs in the legs. It's in yeah. England. Some of our batters have been in England preparing yeah. in county championship for some time. We've already seen it pay off a little bit. Smith got 100. Head's got a 100. Marnus got a couple of handy scores. And, the, you know, these are some of the, well, maybe not some. I don't know if Head has been in England, but definitely Marnus and Smith have been there.
2: About Marnus, which I thought was a bit weird, he's been over there for so long, or he's been over there for a while, and he what only hit what 40 yeah, in one game he looked and,
0: uncomfortable in patches he looks so yeah.
2: uncomfortable
0: like the yeah. ball's coming around his bat
2: he's like jumping yeah. all over the place it looks mm. like he could not get settled it looks like every ball he was just sitting there and throwing his arms around and stuff i don't know it just it didn't look like the new normal minus
0: and he batted a bit slow and one thought one thing yeah. i thought like just going back test championship just quickly was that the batters seemed to who did well were the ones who were more aggressive. Mm. So like, for instance, we were watching Alex Carey bat, and while he was batting with Cam Green, he was going quite slowly. Mm. And then Cam Green got out, and he was like, right, well, situation has changed. Now I need to bat more aggressive. And then yeah. all of a sudden, his feet started moving better. He was timing the ball yeah. better. His scoring rate went up. And then if you think about that with what Travis Head did as well, like he you know, played a few risky shots, but it was the confidence, and then that... In those conditions, seem to do well. So, like that, if that's a bit of a preamble to what might happen with Basball, you that to me makes me think maybe Basball will go well in the Ashes if if you know conditions favour batsmen. It pulls Hula. off. It's a big gamble, though. It is. It is, and I think like you big said, Manus is just being very conservative, and it just yeah. like it, he played a few confident drives, and I thought, oh, all right, now he's going to start mm. to get settled. But he he never really got settled throughout mm. the each each of his innings. I didn't think.
3: But for the first test, if they make a flat pitch, let's say, you know, because it's home conditions for England. And further, I know, I know you said you've got Australia's got some good bowlers as well. But if it is a flat pitch, how do you get them out? Because they can set
0: the conditions right.
2: Have you seen the? Uh, they put up a picture of the um of the pitch there. It Doesn't, it doesn't look very really green at all.
0: That, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be harder to get England out on a flat deck. By the same token, it's going to be harder for the England bowlers to get Australia out. And this this was going to be my. Key thing to watch out for in the Ashes. So, I did hear some commentary earlier in the day around what, what the scheduling is and what the English bowling attack is. And the point was made that Stuart Broad is the only current English bowler who will guaranteed be in the Ashes who has any overs in his legs. Jimmy Anderson has not bowled very much coming into the mm. Ashes. Mark Wood has bowled virtually none. Moen Alley hasn't bowled Red Bull cricket for two years. <laughs> and and they're going to play five tests across six weeks. And if you in a if you hot that, English summer, exactly, <laughs> weigh that bowling attack up against what Australia has. We got we got Scott Boland, who's on an absolute tear at the moment. Mitch Stark is, you know, he's the variety in the attack. You've got Cummins, right? Cummins is, you know, captain and all, oh, but Cummins is also a bowler, and his action. Um, allows him to bowl long spells. And then waiting in the wings, you've got Josh Hazelwood and you've got Michael Nisa, who's been in England mm. on an absolute tear in the county championship. Bowling so amazing. if you've got the two attacks and you're going to have six weeks of intensive cricket, of mm. bowlers bowling long spells, mm. I reckon I know which country is like better prepared for that. For the bowling,
2: yeah, for sure.
0: Exactly. So if they're going to go flat tracks all the way along, I actually think that Australia is in a better position because the bowlers are... Have more match fitness right now and mm. probably bowl longer spells. Yeah, I think important. I think it sounds
3: I think it's pretty far fetched, but I'm predicting Lyon to get 30 wickets this Ashes season.
0: Right, 30
2: wickets.
3: Think about it. If they're, they're yeah. going to attack, that gives Lyon more chance to get them out as well. Lyon knows they're going to come harder harder hard at them as well so uh it's e- it's going to be easier for him to set them up as well
1: I think uh, that's that's really interesting that yeah. you know Bab is the first one who's actually put a number to a prediction there. he said 30 wickets ah. so we can we're, we're going to book we'll that, hold one that that for later <laughs> yeah. well actually that's interesting because if he does get 30 wickets that means he's going to go past 500 test wickets because he's in about 480 something at the moment which yeah. would be great and I was actually thinking about what you were saying there Josh if they're all flat decks it could go down a lot like the tour of Pakistan went because I the, watching that tour of Pakistan it was just batting batting batting. Australia were just waiting for Pakistan to make a mistake. And so yeah. first test was a draw, second test was a draw, but Australia were never in much danger. It was just like okay, if you if you guys stuff up one innings, we're going to we're going to win the test. And that's what happens in the third one. And so if all the the tracks are flat in England, like I think we probably do have a bit of an, of an advantage. So th- this is the risk that England runs if they choose to prepare
0: flat decks. If the first two tests are flat decks and they have two draws, mm. like it, it's just not an advertisement for cricket. They won't do it. They will start to prepare green teamers. If this Ashes series doesn't have results in most of the games, the blowback on
1: from an administrative mm. perspective will be there, I reckon. All right, so let's go to obviously the other big question is which Australian bowler gets the flick? Stark.
0: Yeah, are we talking about which bowler we want to get the flick or which bowler we think we'll get? The flick? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's <laughs> the
1: thing is. Different... <laughs> the, the
2: thing that everyone keeps saying with Stark is he's like, oh, he's a left arm bowler. And oh, the way that he bowls, it puts the the footprints in there for line and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't choose a bowler on where he places his feet and just because he bowls the ball with his left hand. You've got to start yep. choosing your bowlers yeah. on on whether or not they are performing. And whether or not they're getting the job done. Like mm. in one of the innings, there, all he did was take, I think he took one or two wickets, but they were in the tail end. You got, you want your your main bowlers to be knocking over the first, one of the first five batsmen.
3: He did get very up the with a with good nut.
2: Was was that in the first innings? Did he get? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So there was like one ball, but like the, I think the first innings when I was watching that, his first, like, two overs, that were just three overs. They were getting sprayed everywhere. Like, he was bowling yeah, he, short. He was, you can't do that if you're if you're at that level of cricket.
1: I can see Harry Brook getting stuck in the pretty oh. hard. Scott Bowling versus Harry Brook is going to be the, one of the highlights of the Ashes
0: for me. And, I, like, where he's pitching the ball in the same spot and one yeah. ball is, like,
2: yeah. It's well, swinging out to the slips that, and then the next Coley, one is coming
0: back in on middle star.
2: The, the three balls that he bowled to Coley there sent him up for that nick off mm. the, yeah. the, it was like almost in the same spot and it was just like straight through
1: so Fredo's definitely a Stark. Um I, I like Josh's qualifying statement there was which to be who do we want to be picked and who's actually gonna be picked. Because I think yeah. that's that's a big point. I don't think they're gonna drop Stark. But the other thing is that Hazelwood hasn't had a lot of... Um, like He didn't play the whole IPL, essentially, because he was injured. Injured, yeah. He hasn't bowled. That's the problem. Hasn't bowled Hazelwood one. keeps injuring himself. Yeah. Uh, but there's, a, there's another big thing... With picking Hazelwood and Boland, um, that they are both total bunnies. So if you, like number 11, 10 and eleven, yeah. like really yeah, can't, can't bat. bat. Whereas Stark can yeah, at least yeah. put on forty odd runs. That's true. Stark and Cummins can bat uh,
0: a little bit too. Yeah, so that's yeah. rough.
2: But then then you got Nessa just waiting in the wings. And he's what that's he hit right. hundred, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he hit hundred the other day. I hear these points, but like I really like. It. I want an Australian team where we're like got confidence in the batters and like I don't want to start picking bowlers based on how well they can bat. Like yeah. that's yeah. do you know what I mean? It's Fair like it's like Fredo yeah. said, like we don't want to pick Stark just because of where his foot lands. Yeah. He actually mm. has to be bowling well. So like that's 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 what I think. Like I think, you know, what I think is likely will happen is that they they won't go with Hazelwood because he's a bit underdone and Bowland yeah. is off yep. the but you know, like I, I just have this tensioned sort of view of Pat Cummins, where like he is a great bowler and can bowl long spells and has done for a long time. He's not an injury-prone bowler either. He's consistent. Yeah. But I'm, I've, I have minimal confidence in his captaincy. And I'd love to see Smudge captaining because I think he's a better tactical captain. Like maybe he's not a great man manager. What about Uzi? Oh, I'd love he to see kept, it was he the Captain kept in Australia. Australia. I'd love to see it, but he's like he's not a longevity pick now, right? In his last couple of series, I don't yeah, like,
1: true. Yeah. Uh, so, from what I can gather, we're all saying that I we're mean, probably going to go <laughs> go with Stark, Boland, and Cummins. Bav, did you think that that's going to be any different? Like you said, Alex, I think they're they're
3: going to have to pick Stark in the first one. So mm-hmm. I think he's just going to rest up his injury at the moment. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think five tests. I reckon everyone's going to get a game. You know, yeah. I, I was going to say that too. Yeah, Ness is going to play for sure. Yeah. Um, especially yeah, if
0: they're, we they're lose all, a test, all get a game. Yeah, yeah. If we lose one early, then like, and look, I don't know how I feel about bowler rotation policy. I'm not sure if I've ever been a huge fan of that. Yeah, but that I agree with you in like, Australia
2: though. Like,
0: yeah, they they, look they do. Look at the they Adelaide
2: test and what they do in yeah. the Perth test. They bring in the different bowls for those two tests, especially.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: So, pink well, this is better.
0: how Boland got his start, right? Like, as the MCG, because he's an MCG specialist, right? Mm. And they were like, oh, you can have a run on your home turf. Yeah, six or five. Yeah, out.
1: exactly. I, th- I think it was um the, the big thing with him is that, uh, yeah, he he sort of got a lot of wickets to the MCG on that whole period when the MCG was just like a batting paradise. Do you remember, like, um, the 2018 series against India, that was a draw, um, and, you know, there was a big uproar about, you know, this pitch is not giving anything to the bowlers. And the same in that Ashes series. I think it was Alistair Cook's last Ashes series, and he scored 200 in that ground, and that game was a draw as well. And I think other than that, it was 4-0 maybe. And so it's pretty pretty um, impressive for a bowler to come through into the Australian team with that as their home ground for a large portion yeah. of their early career.
0: And it makes you wonder what it is. I mean, is he just an
1: MCG specialist,
0: or is he such a good bowler? That he just put him on a rubbish, but on on a road and he still gets wickets. And now it's the nice part about it is that we're going to see him bowl on some other decks around the place. Mm. It just and it goes and, to show, line yeah, it could be amazing. Line length pays I know, off. That's the
2: only right. pays off. You start bowling rubbish
0: down leg side or short, you will get charted <laughs> Yeah, that's a yeah. elite level. Yeah. This is the thing that gets me. We talked about the professionalism before. It's like you've got Scotty Bowlen who's waited ten years to get it a go in the Aussie team. He's a professional. He just bowls consistently on the spot. Yeah. He's got. He's, mm. the, he's
2: the. It's the day's version of Glenn McGrath.
1: Yeah. you yeah. just put it on spot and just consistently with put a it better there. attitude. Yeah. <laughs> What's the result of the Ashes going to be?
3: Two uh, one for England.
1: Ooh. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, Fredo. Where are you the other way? Two one Australia. Uh, Josh, I get, I get all the information. I'm going to choose based on what you guys say. So, Fred, I mean, Josh, what's there will be a result in every
0: game, I reckon, and that's oh wow, yeah, and I reckon that, that the way that they will run this competition is that they will they will they will prepare decks to make sure that there's and because the the aggressive style that England have said that they're going to play. I reckon there'll be a result in every game. And I'm going 3-2 to Australia, of course, because of, as if I'm not going to back Australia. Um, <laughs> um, I'd love to see it more heavily in our favour,
1: but it is in England, so you've got to keep it realistic. Yeah. I, I think more than betting against England, then you're betting against English weather as well. Um,
2: yeah. To, to oh, yeah. Well, you're right. That's a good it's point. English good weather. Point. Like five days of Get the WTC, how, did, how was that not I – any mean, rain in those five days, I've no idea. Yeah. But yeah. anyway.
1: Yeah. Two one to England for Bav. Two one to Australia for Fredo. Three two to Australia from uh, Josh. I'm gonna go three one to Australia. Uh, so there's gonna be one that's a draw affected by um, rain. The one thing I, I that I think is definitely gonna happen is one game baseball's gonna go really really well. I'll mm-hmm. win easily. And one game it's gonna go really really badly. Yeah. And uh, and I hope that's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hope the bad one is the first one. Yeah, I hope that the basketball goes really badly in the first ah, game right. because yeah. that's gonna. As much as they'll say, "Oh, we're just going to go out there and keep playing the way we we are," we always plan to. If you lose the first game badly using that sort of new mm. uh, version of Test cricket, it has to be in the back of your mind that perhaps we should try and do something different. So, yeah, if that's it, if it, uh, if,
3: it, if, it if, if it does go badly if you Who's the who's the scapegoat for England? And who gets dropped? And who gets
1: replaced? Mm, the oh. traditional bloodletting that happens after well,
0: England loses. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, look, dude, to be honest with you, these are my gripes with the English team. I'm I've never been a huge Olly Pope fan. I'm not convinced Ooh. that he's good. I'm not convinced mm. he's good enough to play for England. And also Yeah, mm. I don't care. That was against Ireland, wasn't no I it?
1: Ireland. I <laughs>
0: meaningless. meaningless.
1: Bangladesh. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He could have, you know, he could have played against. I think game the, game the Bangladeshis game. might have a bit of a problem with that,
0: Fredrik. <laughs> <laughs> just personally came to mind. And and Ben Duckett to me also is an unknown quantity. I don't know if he's good or not. Um, Zach Crawley, I do like, even though I, I have heard it say Jesus that Christ, this is that, a, yeah, Jesus, like that He's played fifty odd tests, or oh, no, no, it's a 50, he's played a lot of tests, and a lot of people are saying, well, what runs as he scored, and England have given yeah. him. a a good go but i I was just covered i did see him hit 50 or 60 on a dust bowl in england and in india once and i was like yeah yeah this kid can bat no one was getting runs and he just scored this gutsy 50 and and i've just been a fan of his ever since so like yeah, that's the big
1: that's the big joke about zach crawley if he wants to keep in england to to keep getting picked in the english team he only has to score 100 every two years yeah um (laughs) We've had some Aussies like that in the past, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are we thinking about like that? Um, what's his name? Um, Marcus Harris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's not. Team. Well, no, Shane, Shane Watson.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Watson. Watto. Watto. Yeah. yeah. We've had a few batters that go through some pretty dry trots that were, like, uh, just, just getting picked, picked on reputation. Yeah. Finchy <laughs> Finchy Finch. might be one of the worst ever, eh? And, like, oh, like. And here's a sort of like not so much test cricket, but
1: in short form cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I think we've got some good um, predictions there that I'm going to write down in my little notebook and um, and come mm. back to you guys later. Oh, Wait. So, a so am so- I?
3: Am I? Am I the only one predicts England's going to win,
1: or was there
3: anyone
0: else? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Mate,
3: it's a good
0: thing. It's a good thing you're here so that this. Whole, <laughs> it's not just. Living in fantasy well, the whole way through. <laughs>
1: yeah, because um, yeah, because if uh, if you weren't here, I think this podcast has the potential to lose all credibility after this ashes series. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can,
3: fine. yeah, you can, you can see why I've not switched my camera on my my identity is hidden. No one can
1: see. <laughs> I'm going. i we'll go, go, against of you, the mate. voice. <laughs> mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna add your uh, ESPN cricket info link to the uh, the show notes to this. So don't worry. Ah. everyone could give like a 20 second answer about what they think, what they think about Mo and Ali being called back into the test team. Josh.
0: Well, I love the way that it happened, right? Like it's just been in the press in the last couple of days that like Ben Stokes just sent him a text message, which just said Ash's question mark and like Moen didn't know that it was for real. And he just responded with LOL. Like, you know, he just sort of Mm. said, like, yeah, that's a funny joke, mate. But it was for real. And then I saw there was a press conference just today with Mo and Ali. And the, and the press scrum asked him, they said, would you have come out of retirement for any other captain? And he said, no. He said, the only person I would have done this for is Ben Stokes. And I think that that is... just
1: Joe Rootfield. He's playing yeah, the same team. Yeah, well,
0: but, <laughs> but, but I mean, look, I think this is the thing. Like, I'm a huge Ben Stokes fan. And I think he is... Like they talk about basketball, but I reckon it's a lot to, more to do with Ben Stokes and the mm. way that he captains is what's happened. Yeah. Because if you if you think about Joe Root and his captaincy record, and England could barely win a game, home and away. And then Ben Stokes becomes captain. And now barely anyone can beat them. Mm. It's like it's just like night and day. And I think Ben Stokes is a huge reason for England's success. And 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 blokes coming out of retirement just for him and openly saying in the media that I would not have done this for anyone else. I think that speaks large about the culture that the England guys have probably got at the moment. And that's probably going to make them really hard to beat because I have everyone's invested. So it's
1: an interesting point. It's an interesting opinion considering we, everyone except Bav said that we think Australia is going to (laughs) win. But uh, what do you reckon then, Fredo? Mo and Ali back in.
2: Out of all the cricket talent that England have, Surely there is a spin bowler (laughs) that they can choose that has not been retired for the last two years. Like seriously, like you look look at the Australian line. You got Lyon. If Lyon went retired this year, you got Murphy sitting there in the wings, just like itching to fucking just get a go at it. And he's performed brilliantly in India. Surely England has got someone like that that they have been coaching through it to try and take over that. Like why bring like. Why bring him back? As a yeah, I know he can bat too, but I don't get it.
0: It's it seems desperate, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. seems
2: so desperate. Why? Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't get it. Uh Bab, what do you think? I think
3: I think Stokes has been trying to he's been in uh Ali's head since IPL, trying to convince him to come back, if you ask me, because they were in the same mm. camp, but they escaped together. That's my guess. But I think I think he fits the basketball culture as well.
1: It seems like Bav and Josh are sort of on the same wavelength, but I'm much more with Fredo. Like, looking at his stats, Moen Alley averages 28.29 with the bat and 36.66 with the ball. So effectively, he's like Tim Payne with the bat and he's got a worse average than Travis Head with the ball. (laughs) So... (laughs) I get it. But, but, I mean, it's it's not not so much about, oh, yeah, he's going to play for Ben Stokes. I'm like, yeah, but why would you choose him i mean he's he's a nice guy and actually he's a pretty pretty good uh, t20 player mm. and an odi player but as i said well even to add to that think about all of those spinners who have been sort of waiting to get their go to exactly. play for england give
2: them a go um, and then, then yeah, go, get a go
1: you guys say you think it seems desperate i just think it seems insane mm. i just don't <laughs> understand the, the logic behind it Oh, yes, um all right. So we're, we're mixed on uh mine alley, Fredo and I are like this is seems not even desperate, just weird. And <laughs> you two seem to think it fits into the baseball um uh yeah. system Mindful. pretty well. <laughs> Um, and what are we so we're mixed on on Mo and Ali pretty positive about Boland and other than Bav we think Australia's going to win easily so that's it boys <laughs> that's
0: it there's no point watching mate Australia's got it in the bag already you?
1: thanks for joining us guys um, if you like what you heard please like and subscribe on Spotify I'm um, hope you join us next week where we will go over whatever's happened in the first test see you then